Well, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Welcome to today's episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. To all of our listeners in the United States, welcome again. And to every listener in every other country in the world, we are honored to have you once again. Welcome everyone to Marriage and Family Clinic. In Southern Virginia, we're coming to you from WGPL 1350 and WPCE 1400. Those are on your AM dial and WBXB 100.1 on your FM dial. You can also listen to the live stream every Tuesday evening. Every Tuesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you can listen to the live stream. And if you would like to hear this or any other segment or broadcast in the Marriage and Family Clinic series, you can find the podcast simply by searching Bishop C.D. Hodges. Search Bishop C.D. Hodges on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. Include Podbean in that also. Just search Bishop C.D. Hodges and you'll find the Marriage and Family Clinic podcast. Marriage and Family Clinic is here to help you break down and gain enlightenment into your marriage and relationship dynamics. We hope to help you identify what makes you tick and ultimately help you repair, grow, and perfect your marriage and your family relationships. Well, welcome back. You know, I'm excited today to welcome back a very special couple with me. Uh, these, these folks are really special to me. They, they kind of like my son and my daughter. They don't want to admit it, but... Uh, <laughs> They like my son and my daughter, and that is none other than Corey and Erica Dixon. Uh, I love them to death, and that's not a bad thing. I love them until death parts us, and uh, I'm just happy to have them back. I brought them to you uh, a few months ago. Uh, they were with me on here, and I thought I would bring them back and uh, have them talk about uh, how things are going with them. And so, Corey and Eric, I really appreciate you all sharing your time with me. How are you all doing today? Outstanding, sir. Good, good, <laughs> good, good, good. Now, and again, I appreciate you joining with me, sharing your precious time with me. I know how valuable time is. And I want to talk to you all about your parenting experiences. I want to talk to you all about your experience as a parent. Uh, and uh, we'll get into that. I, I've got some questions or some thoughts that I'd like to discuss with you. It's all about the discussion. Uh, we're going to do that. And uh, so with that said, I really believe we're going to help some folks. But with that said, uh, let's get at it. And so you all have been married 13, 13 years now. All right. Dad didn't know how long his children been married. <laughs> <laughs> and you all have little Corey now. Uh, my buddy, my pal, little Corey. Tell me a little bit about little Corey. We were blessed with champion in 2016 of May. Uh, after, I want to say, eight to nine years of you no know, wondering if I was wondering if something was wrong with my wife. She was wondering if something was wrong with me. Should we go see a doctor? Uh, and it was... Even being in the church, we had some doubt and disbelief. Mm -hmm. uh, but through all that, we still trusted in God. And on the other side of that eight years, God blessed us and allowed us to have uh, who we call Champ, which is Corey. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, he's been a blessing to us in our lives. Wow. Awesome. Awesome. How about you, Erica? What can you tell me about little Corey? When you think about Corey, what comes to your mind? He's a blessing. He is. Yeah. He is uh, when I think about... Um, what the Lord's able to do, <clears throat> mm -hmm. you know, even when things may seem impossible or that you're, because we know seasons come and go, yeah. you know, Lord, is it the season now? Mm -hmm. And so, um, wait on the Lord mm -hmm. and be of good courage right. when I think of our son. Oh, wow. Awesome. Person. Awesome. So those eight years you all were waiting for little Corey 
was it really blissful like that? You were just waiting on the Lord and you were of good oh, courage. Of <laughs> <laughs> this want to be real. <laughs> so I, I initially, I would tell you, we were, if, if five months into marriage, I mm-hmm. uh, had a wonderful youth service and somebody pulled us aside and was like, you know, who's a planner out of you two? My wife said, I'm the planner. I was like, okay, well, we don't know who the planner is, yeah. whatever. Uh, he said, it's not going to work out like you think. You're going to have a child within four years. Hmm. And we immediately left that conversation. It was like, I don't know who he was talking to, yeah. but he wasn't talking to us. And it wasn't, we weren't doubting anything. We had a plan. Mm. And our plan was, we didn't want to bring anybody else into this relationship if we don't know each other. Right. So why introduce any kind of confusion into it? So I'm trying to learn her. She's trying to learn me. Now we introduce a child into this. And we're like, the child's crying. We don't, and she don't know my temperament. <laughs> I don't know her temperament. So we told ourselves the first four years of marriage, let's just get to know each other because we yeah. saw how many other couples in life struggle by mm-hmm. having little kids. I think I was a sergeant. I wasn't making that much at the time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how can I, how can she trust in me that I'm going to provide for our family, not make enough money ha- introducing a child? It was just mm-hmm. too complex. So mm-hmm. we just told ourselves, hey, the first four years, let's just us know each mm-hmm. other. Then mm-hmm. if God allows, then we'll welcome kids into the relationship. Mm-hmm. Wow. Bishop, I'll just chime in on that a little bit because um, our how we met is mm-hmm. just totally different from a lot of people. It's, I'll say it's unique mm-hmm. um, because I met my husband when I was 11 years old mm-hmm. and um, he was 12. And so when we got engaged, I was, what, 19? Mm-hmm. I was 19. We went to prom together. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a lot of firsts together. And so um, he was my friend. He was my best friend before we were, before anything else happened, he was my friend. And so um, we've dated other people. And for whatever reason, we, we just kept coming back to each other. Come, <laughs> back to each other. And so uh, we, we met at a youth camp. And so um, when we got engaged, um, he was, were you, what were you? I was a corporal. A corporal? And so um, we were, um, there are a lot of things that, that happened because when he grew up, he grew up under a different dynamic and mm-hmm. I grew up with, you know, under a different dynamic as well. And so we saw so much that we were like, hey, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times if we just sit back and see and look and observe the relationships um, that other people have, you can learn so much without having mm-hmm. to go through it. And so we were like, oh, nope, we're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. And so we, we started planning out stuff. But you know, God's thoughts are not our thoughts, and His ways are not our ways. And so, through all of our planning, things began to happen. And so, um, when we when we got married, I was in Florida, and he was in California. So we had a we had to move. And so, of our families, we had never seen a, um, a married couple who had just gotten married have to move away mm. from home. And so that was mm-hmm. change number one. And so, when we decided, we said, you know what? Um, one of the best things we learned that first year of marriage was get away from your family, mm-hmm. establish of who you are as a couple. And that's, that was one of the hardest things we learned because I cried like a baby mm-hmm. because I wasn't used to <laughs> being away from mama and daddy. Yeah. You know, I had to cleave, like the, our vow said, cleave and leave. Yeah. Oh, we cleave and leave <laughs> and left. Yeah, I can imagine that. You know, as, you, as I listen to you all describe those early days there, it sounds just like Corey. It, it sounds just like him. I, I need this step down before we make, make the next mm. step. I, 
I need to have a good idea of where we're going to end up when we take these steps. And so, yeah, sounds just, sounds just like him. Sounds just like him. <laughs> Oh, my goodness, man. That's awesome, though. That's awesome. I appreciate hearing about you all's story. And uh, I was listening to you talk, Eric, and you almost make a really good case for uh, uh, arranged marriages. And I know that sounds like taboo to a whole lot of people. But it's so very, very workable. That's a discussion for another day. <laughs> That's a discussion. But, and, and it sounds so weird to us in the West because mm -hmm. we don't know anything about right. that. Right. But uh, you studied a little bit, man. It, it could be a workable situation there. <laughs> you know? All right. So you guys were married eight years before you had little Corey. Um, uh, so tell me, tell me. Uh, up until the day you got married, up until the point you got married, you're growing up or whatever, uh, even before you had uh, decided to get married, what were your thoughts about children? What, what did you think about children growing up? So I recall a conversation we had at 14 years old mm -hmm. uh, on the phone. A long distance phone call charging me 10 cents a minute. Uh, <laughs> granted, I didn't pay that phone bill. Uh, but I told my, my then girlfriend, I said, you know what, I want to have four kids. And she said, that's a lot of kids. I was like, I don't know, what made you pick that number? It's just a number. I just want to pick four kids. Uh, and really, thinking about this, I was like, I didn't count the cost at all. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. like most things that we do in life, we don't count the cost. I want a new car. So we go get a new car. Mm -hmm. But nobody tells you about the insurance you have to pay. Right. Nobody tells you about the, the, uh, the gas, if it's unleaded or it's a premium gas. Nobody tells you about the oil changes you have to get. So you go through all these cycles of, I have to do these things. But I didn't count the cost to get to them. Yeah. So I said I wanted for my wife, my girlfriend at the time, my wife now, she said, I don't know where you're going to get that number from. Uh, <laughs> and this is at 14. <laughs> Not counting the cost. Fast forward, my wife suddenly says, you still want full? And I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> so so that, that was my first initial, I want four, but... Thinking of now, it is whatever God wants to bless us with, but it's like, Lord, please, no. <laughs> don't let it be four. <laughs> that may be too many right now. <laughs> what about you, Erica? What were your feelings about children, your thoughts about children before you I, got married? I wanted to be a mom. Mm -hmm. I knew I wanted to be a mom, mm -hmm. um, but I didn't want to be anyone's baby mama. Mm. That was, mm. I didn't want to be a baby's mom. I didn't want to be a stepmom. Uh -huh. There was a whole list of what I didn't wow. want. And so um, I knew I wanted um, my husband to be the father of my children. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's a whole nother um, topic there yeah. because uh, <laughs> it's just so, so much that goes on. Because I grew up with a family of, um, I have two sisters, an older sister and a younger sister. And so I grew up with a mom and a dad. And so I don't know what a brother, you know, mm. I, I never experienced the whole brother thing. And so um, I, I said I wanted two children, two children. And my husband grew up with five. There, there are five of you all, right? And so, of course, that four is very close to his five. Yeah. And that two is very close to my three. <laughs> so somewhere in between there, we'll get it right. But, uh, but I knew I wanted children. Yeah, yeah. And that's awesome. That is awesome. Now... You didn't want to be a stepmother. Would that have been a deal breaker? Well, we'll never know because you no. guys were pretty practically <laughs> dating from kindergarten. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh so I, get, I have to take that question back. <laughs> yeah.
we were matched up from birth. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so before you got married, though, before you got married, you grew up, five of you all, three of you all, you had mom, dad, sister, whatever the case may be. Was there anything that you told yourself, hey, when I have children, I'm not going to do this. When I have children, I'm not going to do that. Or I'm surely going to do this. Or I'm surely going to do that. Was there anything before you had children that you ruled out or ruled in? Mm -hmm. Well, for me, uh, he, he shopped it for me because I did not grow up with my mom and dad. So mm -hmm. mom had a situation, a uh, battle with drugs. And my dad just, he was in the picture with my mom at one point, then left. Didn't really know him until I was early 30s. Mm -hmm. uh, that's when we got a relationship back. So I went to grow up with my grandmother. So one of the things I told myself as a man is I'm not going to leave my kids. It's just mm. it's not going to happen mm. uh, because I saw the turmoil that somebody can go through. And I'm, bl I'm literally blessed on the other side of it because so many times you see young kids, it takes control yeah. over life. And they're in and out of foster care, mm. uh, in and out on the streets. They're trying to find themselves. Never had that problem. But I told myself I'm going to be in my son's life. And then seeing my cousins. That is also damaging. Seeing my cousins on the flip side with their mom and dad, mm -hmm. pulling hands, going all these places. Mm. But my uncles now are trying to be that role model for me, but it's it's authentic, but it's like, but I'm not, yeah. your, I'm not your, your son. Not right, your, right. You know, your child. Uh, so I told I, I will never try to be out of my kid's life. And that, mm -hmm. that's one of the biggest things I try to do in Champ. Um, and Lord, I don't speak, speak like all that craziness, but like, if mom and daddy don't work out and something crazy happens, I am still going to be in your life no matter mm -hmm. what the case is mm -hmm. because I am your father. I'm not going wow. to be a deadbeat dad. I'm, you're going to know me. And I don't want him to experience what I'm experiencing with my father. Mm -hmm. Hey, dad, you know, how to, you know how to fix a car? Yeah, sure. I know how to fix a car. So I've been fixing cars for 50 years. Right. Well, this is new to me. I'm 30. Yeah. Hello, I'm your son. <laughs> uh, and so, but his, his relationship with my father is like, grandpa. And he doesn't know, right. it is unconceivable for him to know that, right. oh man, grandpa wasn't in dad's life like that. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. How about you, Erica? Um, mine isn't that deep. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that deep. I just, I just knew that um, I wanted a two-parent household, yeah. um, a mom and a dad. It's something similar to um, what I experienced growing up with a mother and father, not saying that it was peaches and roses the whole time. Um, I just, um, I, I, I knew I wanted, I wanted a, a, a husband who loved the Lord, a, a husband that we had a common area somewhere mm -hmm. that pertained to God. And I, I think sometimes, especially when you, when you watch all these shows and different things where God is not necessarily a priority, it's like, I just want that, that individual. Mm -hmm. And so um, that, can, that can weigh a toll. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's awesome. it, and it's, it's something how our own childhood experiences shape our mm -hmm. philosophies okay. about our children. And, and, you know, I hear so often people say things like, I'm going to make sure my child has everything I never had. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, it usually relates to things. Mm -hmm. And what we fail to realize, and I just, I just feel strongly about this point, what we fail to realize is that you can be in a family that didn't grow up with a lot of things, but still have what matters most. And that's people who love you, you learn a work ethic, 
you learn commitment and loyalty. You learn manners. My God, you learn manners. <laughs> Help us, Lord. <laughs> you know, and, and so forth and so on. You know, but um, again, uh, a lot of this may not apply to you all because you've been dating since birth. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, dear. Um, Bishop, um, it's, it's um, I just wanted to make sure that our children knew that they were loved. Yeah, I knew without a shadow of a doubt yeah. that my mom loved me, that my dad loved me, and they mm -hmm. wanted the best for me. They were very supportive, mm -hmm. so I knew I mm -hmm. wanted um, to be supportive and be there. Um, I can remember my mom. You know, or even my, if my mom could make it, dad would be there. Mm -hmm. If dad could make it, mom would be there. But there was always somebody there to see, you know, my achievements. Like if we got awards or something, yeah. someone from the household would be there. And so yeah. even for sports, you know, someone was always there for us. And so I wanted yeah. to be that parent. Yeah. Be supportive. That's great. That's great. Man. And, you know, and that goes right back to my definition of the family. And my definition of the family is God's ready-made ordained unit of support and nurturing and provision and love and security and protection. It's, it's the unit that God gave us. The family is the unit that God gave us mm -hmm. to make sure that we grow up into God-fearing, Jesus-knowing, productive citizens that can add to society mm -hmm. and not always want to take away from society those taxes. <laughs> <laughs> You know? All right. Awesome. Very awesome, man. I appreciate that. I just appreciate your sentiment. So and uh, and I hope somebody listening understands, you know, um, God, you guys are just making my mind go in so many places. I want to stay on track here, but my mind is just going in so many places. And I wish I, I hope that a lot of young people can hear this. There's some things that you need to make your mind up before you get married, before you start dating, and, and before you start becoming intimate mm -hmm. and putting yourself at risk. You need to, you need to understand some things. And, and Corey, I commend you and, and everything, making that commitment. I'm going to be in my son's life because I know exactly where you're coming from. I know exactly where you are coming from. Wow. And so with that said, though, um, do either of you recall getting any particular, particularly not so good advice about children? <laughs> or, did, or did you see, uh, uh, did you see uh, anything in, in other families where you said, Mm, not gonna do my children like that. Or that, did anybody? Do you recall receiving any advice or guidance from anyone who said, "Man, you gotta make sure you you do this with your children," but you knew that wasn't gonna work for you. <laughs> it was. Great, uh, love my brother. Uh, one of his statements, I think you said it earlier, was, "I want to give my kids everything I didn't have." Mm -hmm. And while that is that model. Is somewhat broken because I look at his children and then I also look at my uncles who raised his children mm. and I'm like this is Corey on the outside looking in yeah they got everything man yeah why can't they just go to school be <laughs> behave they got a car they, they got a house to come home to but the more they got stuff the more they rebelled mm. my mindset was I can't rebel because I'm gonna get kicked out so <laughs> 
whatever you give me, I'll be satisfied. Yeah. And so giving a child everything, even champ, dad, can I have, can I have this? I, it, that costs money. Mm-hmm. Oh, dad, I got the money. Where's your money at? My piggy bank. We ain't going to crack open no piggy bank and go get whatever you want. Right. And trying to teach him, even though you can, you have the money to get it necessarily, you don't always need it. Mm-hmm. Well, and if I give it to you, mm-hmm. your appreciation diminishes mm-hmm. because it's like, I ain't spending my money on that. Mm-hmm. And it's when it's my money, it's nothing. When it's his money, it's, you know, start thinking about it. How many can I buy? And yet, but that's, you're not going to have any more money. So yeah. giving them everything was not the option for Right, them. right, so. right. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, and that's an excellent point again. You know, we give them everything we didn't have. But I wish I could tell the world, I wish I could tell every couple who has yet to have children, the main thing you've got to make sure you get in your child is, number one, knowledge of God, and number two, character. Character. You know, all right. How about you, Eric? I, I would say one for my wife is, and she may not recall this, we were, she was pregnant, and we were in uh, home state for Christmas, and one of our nephews did not get what they wanted for mm-hmm. Christmas. And that, you know, Amazon was running oh, yeah. all year round. Didn't care. Amazon was delivering for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And one of our nephews didn't get his president time. And mm-hmm. mom said, oh, son, you're president here yet. And that kid's demeanor just turned to like, oh, man, you don't love me. It's like, <laughs> it's just a toy. Mm-hmm. Calm down, bro. Like, yeah. your mom and dad didn't love you 365 days out of the year. Mm-hmm. And there's one day that your toy didn't get here because Amazon delivered on time. Your whole demeanor changed to, you don't love me. Why mm. does he have his toy? And we're like, we set up our mind. If he, he was in the womb, if he ever did that, <laughs> <laughs> I should have break his back. And, and that was a, a very shocker for me because it, once again, that's what we did not want to do. Right, right. You know, at that moment, I think that um, kind of ignited our redefining holidays. Mm. And so um, we have since redefined um, what we want holidays to represent for us. Mm -hmm. Um, Because traditionally Christmas is, you know, yes, we love the Lord. And yes, we know about the birth of the Lord. But gifts are are up there, if not surpass um, our love for the Lord Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to our appreciation. And so rather than giving gifts, and and it took us some years to get Mm -hmm. here, Mm -hmm. we would rather provide experience. (laughs) rather than the gift. Mm -hmm. And so um, we've decided as a family that instead of pouring all this money into all these toys and superficial Mm -hmm. little things, Mm -hmm. we're going to do it in experiences um, with the, with our family, mm-hmm. and so that's that's what we have been doing. And, and even with um, like Labor Day or Memorial Day or whatnot, we want it to be um, something memorable. It's mm-hmm. not just an observant day. Yeah. It, it, this is what happened, mm-hmm. and so we want to instill that in him. Yeah, yeah. Now, what do you think the worth of that will be? What, what do you, what do you what do you foresee coming out of that? particular approach because you're saying a lot there I'll let you go honey I believe he, that he won't be so centered on things mm-hmm. uh-huh. by centered on mm-hmm. uh, the love and attention and time that his parents poured into him mm-hmm. and with that too uh, our our mindset is we want our son to be well rounded mm-hmm. yeah just yeah. well rounded so when he's introduced to these things it's not like Oh, this is a big shock. I never knew. No, mm-hmm. he should be able to walk in somewhere and say, oh, I know what that is, or mm-hmm. I'm familiar to that, or not, if I never get this huge toy, yeah. is 
thank you, period. Yeah. And yeah. somebody and to reciprocate that, somebody can say, man, this kid said thank you. And I only gave him a, a five cents. Yeah. And you, you, when you say thank you to somebody, that opens up and say, man, he's he's appreciative. Right. And they will give you more advice. You know, I always want. Mm-hmm. And the, the showing and uh, showing stuff and broadening his horizon. That's that's one of our major things. We don't mm-hmm. know where he'll end up, where, right. where he'll be in life. Right. But if we expand his horizon to say, listen, it, don't put yourself in the box. Because if you put yourself in the box, you'll never get out of that box. Mm-hmm. Somebody will always tell you you're in the box. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we want the broader horizon that, on wow. that aspect. Awesome. Awesome. I think it more has to do with exposure. Mm-hmm. And um, we wanted to expose him to a lot of things um, mm-hmm. rather than the world trying to t- tell him what he should be. Right. We wanted to expose him to that. And we also wanted to, um, especially the Christmas gifts. Mm-hmm. We'd rather you not give him Christmas gifts. Why mm-hmm. don't you contribute to his tuition for school? <laughs> you know, contribute to his tuition. You want to do something. Not free. You want to do something. You just want to do, do something. You want to do something. You give me a blessing right here. Yeah, you know? I'm going to tell you where to put it. Oh, yeah. Because it's, it, it's yeah. an investment. Time is, is an investment. And especially the things that are going on in the school system, your priorities mm-hmm. have to be, mm-hmm. you know, in line with the things that you believe. Yeah, yeah. And that's awesome. And I asked that question. I appreciate your feedback. That's what I was looking for there. And uh, because I asked that question for a purpose. And I've worked with children for my whole government service career. I've worked around children, with children. I've had children. And one thing that I've learned about children is that the very best self-defense, the very best self-defense is a good sense of self-identity. And, and like you pointing out here, and the, the, what we do for them by helping them to focus on the real matter, what really matters is we help them to develop a sense of themselves. Jesus says, listen, your life does not consist of the things that you own. That's not, that's not the real you, but it's the sense of who you are. And, and so you're going to help him understand that the relationships in his life are more important than the things in his life. The things are going to wear out. I think I was ministering that last week. Jesus said, man, don't, 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 don't shoot for things where moth and rust comes in and corrupts it mm-hmm. but shoot for relationship first of all with God and then with that it's the relationships that matter mm-hmm. and you know I was listening to you and I couldn't help but remember uh man my my g-babies man them, those characters that my heart that's my heart and I tell you something uh they 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 called me one day and said gee dad can you give us two hundred dollars a piece <laughs> <laughs> I said, son, do you really think I'm going to do that? <laughs> well, I just thought I'd ask. <laughs> but no, and he knew, he knew what, the, what that meant. He knew what that meant. But the things that matter is that, man, when Ariana wrote me a letter and said, I must be the luckiest girl in the world to have you as a G-Dad. I said, oh, my God. <laughs> I got on the phone and said, baby, what you want? <laughs> But tell, tell G-Daddy <laughs> what you want. And then, and then even, even a couple of months ago, about a month ago, uh, Leah was in school and they did an exercise, a writing exercise. 
Oh, Alea can write too. She can tell a story, man. Mm. That girl's going to be good. But her writing exercise was how, how much joy and how great it was for her G-dad and her G-mom to give her a surprise visit. Mm. And I'm so, oh, baby, <laughs> down the phone again. What do you want? What do you want? <laughs> but it's just, it's just that, and what I'm saying is that our relationship is built around loving each other mm. rather than things drawing us to each other or basing it on the things that we have. And, uh, and even as they were growing up over here to have them plead to come to the house with us. I always remember the one day Junior came up to me. He was younger than Corey there. And he said, gee, Dad, can I go home with you? I promise I'll be good. <laughs> I said, oh, son, I'm not worried about that. Come on, man, come on. You know. But just that relationship. And, 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 and that's, that's what matters. That's what matters. And it goes back to what you said in the beginning, Corey, that uh, uh, this thing is about your presence, your P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, -E, and not your presence, your P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S. -E -E it's about you being there rather than the things that you give them. And you know, oh my goodness, man. Listen, I am out of time. I am about out of time, and we got to get out of here. Listen, you've been listening to Marriage and Family Clinic. So glad to have Erica and Corey Dixon join me on here. We're talking about parenting. I tell you what, if you all agree, come back next week. I'll certainly have you. I certainly have you. All right, listen, and I hope you enjoyed this. If Again, if you want to hear it again, just go look up the podcast. Search Bishop C.D. Hodges, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts, Podbean. Just search for those. I'm out, out, all out of time. But uh, remember, we're here to help you make your relationships work. So again, until next week, we're going to see you. Join again. I always remember, you can't have peace unless you surrender your life to the Prince of Peace. God bless you. We're out.